0: Happy Monday. Welcome to another sneak preview. I'm Connor Zageri. And I'm Caleb Breje. And today we're discussing the long-awaited threequel cool Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh fantastic. Uh been waiting for this one for quite some time. Way, you know, way before the pandemic. Ghostbusters 3 was just something every fan's really been wanting for years but never thought they'd actually get. And here we are.
1: Yeah. It's like it's like what like the hundred film it feels like affected by COVID and I think other than like the Batman, probably one of my most anticipated that we finally got.
0: Yeah, especially since you know this looked like a writing the wrongs kind of movie, and we'll we'll get into all that uh, in a bit. But definitely, in my opinion, the second best Ghostbusters movie we've ever gotten.
1: Yeah, this one it, it's high up there for, for me. It's a really good
0: movie. Sweet. Uh, I'll also say a little bit about the new Netflix musical Tick Tick Boom. Uh, But we weren't able to get to King Richard in time, maybe in the future. You know, maybe next week we'll bring it up if we get to watch that. But before we get into it, let's see what happened last week in film. Last week in film. We got five trailers to discuss, all of them second looks. First, the second trailer for Pixar's new movie, Turning Red. Comes out March eleventh. I mean, Pixar's track record speaks for itself, but something about this just doesn't seem like they're trying that hard.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have a good track record, but I remember when I saw the trailer for this, I wasn't like. Usually, I walk away going, "Oh, that's gonna be really good. I'm looking forward to seeing that." Usually, for me, when it hits Disney Plus, but um, not this one. I'm kind of going, "Okay." i think it's just because yeah. it's like since um inside out pixar's been on a real like emotion related movie now because like soul was along those same lines I, I haven't seen it i heard it's really good though but this just feels like them going through that for me at least it's like they're chasing that theme again for like the third or fourth time in a row and it's like all right stop making these kind of movies
0: Well, and it's just such an odd concept. A little girl, when she gets emotionally upset, turns into a giant red panda. I mean, okay. Uh, I don't know, beyond that. Then again, you know, we are getting kind of old. So maybe this isn't, we're not the target audience here.
1: (laughs) This is true. I'm turning 29 next month. so Yeah,
0: I don't want to be the, you know, the only like, you know, adult man in the theater in a sea of kids and me being just like, this isn't connecting with me at all. Like, I don't want to be that guy. (laughs) So maybe we just skip this one.
1: (laughs) It might be for the best. Yeah. Uh,
0: Next up, the second trailer for Prime Video's Encounter comes out December 10th. And this trailer, uh, in my opinion, vastly different from the first trailer. Uh, Makes the film look more psychological. It might not be an alien invasion. This might just be all in Riz Ahmed's head. Uh, I don't know, but I'm definitely intrigued. I
1: definitely missed this trailer somehow. Yeah. It seems like, like, so, like, I swear, between Blaze and IGN, I write down every trailer that they post about that comes out. And still, I miss, especially with these streamers, because they just fucking keep releasing movies.
0: You got to add IMDb to your checklist also, because they're very current with all platforms' trailers.
1: Okay. That's finally what, mean, what I have to do. Because, yeah, I, I didn't see this trailer. I missed it. I know Riz Ahmed from the. The movie he did when I was on deployment with Prime. I think it was was it Sound of Metal? I believe yep. it was called. That
0: mm-hmm. I know he got like
1: a lot of buzz for. I haven't seen it yet, but I know that's like where he seems like a big launch for him. Was that movie?
0: That movie was lights out. Uh, really good. We just talked about that on um, Oscar Sunday a couple weeks ago with Nomadland. Sound of Metal was one of the films it was up against for Best Picture, and it really deserved a spot there. It's a fantastic film about loss and acceptance and you know, coming to terms with, uh, disability. It's a very good movie. Uh, yeah, but Riz Ahmed's definitely a rising star and, uh, this looks like another feather in his cap. Uh, here's hoping next up, the second trailer for Guillermo del Toro's nightmare alley comes out December 17th. Got a lot more, uh, story points in this trailer. And yeah, I think this is going to be exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to this.
1: Yeah. I look, other than my repeated, Bemoaning moaning about for them, them releasing it on the day they're releasing it. Um, this looks awesome. I love Del Toro. I, I cannot wait for this. Each trailer just keeps making me more excited.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just, it is a shame this is going to make no money at all <laughs> because it's coming out the same weekend as Spider-Man. I don't know what harebrained executive made that brilliant decision, but they're not going to have a job in January. <laughs>
1: It's like they're trying to sabotage. I think I don't understand. The thing is that's crazy to me is that they moved it up. This isn't a pushback. This was a move up. So it's like okay, move it up one more week, maybe. <laughs>
0: <So> <laughs> I, at least I just
1: a weak chance.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. You know, studio executives have had a hard on for Guillermo for God knows how long. They just can't stand whatever his his like. You know vision is they just can't get on board with it they never have been able to figure him out and now i guess they're just tired of dealing with him
1: <laughs> it's, it's crazy it's oh god it's so annoying like you know i know like uh the witcher season two because out that day but that's like a netflix show so it's like whatever i can go watch spiderman go home start you know start binging season two but now you're doing tube theater only releases one of them being a fucking MCU movie, and probably I would argue the most anticipated one. I know that's like between that and Shang Chi. I would say Spider Man and Shang Chi were the two most anticipated Marvel films
0: this year. Sp- Spider Man. I haven't seen a level of hype like this in a very long time. Just everything that's you know all the speculation, the you know I, the, the idea that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield may return in a some capacity, and there's just a lot riding on this one. The fan expectations have gotten out of control. And uh, I mean, I really hope that it lives up to everyone's visions. But at this point, I don't see how it can. I'm going to remain optimistic because I'm very excited.
1: Well, people look, Moose probably going to be like super awesome. But people going to fucking hate it because their expectations are so high.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a problem. Uh, but you know what? I don't care. I'm I'm excited. All I know is Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe, Thomas Hayden Church, Reese Iffins, and Jamie Foxx are all back. And that alone is enough to make me freak out. So bring it home. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for that as well. Next up, the second trailer for Netflix's Don't Look Up comes out December 24th. This looks phenomenal. I... Adam McKay has had a hell of a track record transitioning from like ridiculous comedy to kind of, you know, politically topical comedy. And I think this is just going to be amazing, incredible cast, a great premise. Uh, I can't wait.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's weird too. Cause I like, I know a lot of people love his transition and his more recent works. I have actually not seen any of his comedy since he's made the transition not because I'm not interested in any way. I just haven't had a chance to watch them.
0: I recommend just taking like a day and double having a double feature of the big short and vice. You would, you'll have a good time.
1: Well, so I heard both are great. So, <laughs> but it, uh, I've seen that. I watched it for this and like, it does look really good. And I like the cast he has and it looks, you know, you know, it's still very much the Adam McKay humor that we've grown to know from his more ra- raunchier comedies he did, but with a lot more, like, I would say, probably, like, a lot more weight and sharpness to it. Or almost, like, more sophistication because it's not as raunchy. So, yeah. it, I don't know. It looks good, and I do need to check out his other stuff in his since he made the transition to this type of comedy.
0: Well, it's cool if you look at, like, Anchorman and just kind of work your way through all the way to, uh, well, Don't Look Up. You can definitely see a director... Honing his craft and really kind of shaping what he wants to say. And that's really cool. You know, the other guys is kind of his like, you know, middle ground transition period. Cause that movie kind of is both of them. It's it's political comedy mixed with his raunchy ridiculous comedy. And then from there he just went, you know, the big short vice and now don't look up. Uh brilliant. Yeah. I think this is gonna be cool. Uh finally the second trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home comes out December 17th. Even the hype for this trailer was f- f- was crazy. I mean they had a you know they had a Twitter countdown like this thing is is out of control. <laughs> it's it's turning in it's it's got a life of its own now. <laughs> the movie like Marvel has no control, Kevin Feige has no control, Sony has no control. Spider-Man No Way Home just exists as its own independent entity. And it is going to either melt fans' brains or piss everybody off. I feel like there will be no middle ground. <laughs> it,
1: yeah, no, I'm, dude, I'm with you. It's almost terrifying how of Control yeah. this hype is getting. Because, yeah, it's going to be a point where like people are going to either love or hate this movie. I'm personally keeping my expectations in check. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm excited as shit for this movie, but I'm keeping my shit in check. So I want to enjoy this
0: movie. Um, I feel like at this point if multiple Spider-Man Venom Carnage Black Cat Daredevil Kingpin Hawkeye Batman Superman Green Lantern Deadpool and Gizmo the Mogwai don't show up people are not going to accept it (laughs) like everything they need to throw the whole kit and caboodle into this movie or someone out there is going to be like you fucked up Spider-Man like it's insane (laughs) Oh, but this trailer uh, looks—it it looks great. We got to see the first look at uh, Defoe's Green Goblin return, which made me smile. Uh, so excited to see they're using the classic costume and like he's one hundred percent back. Uh, and of course, you had Molina's Doc Ock telling Tom Holland, "You're not Peter Parker," which confirms he is from the Tobey Maguire universe. So that's his Peter, which tells me like we're 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 gonna see him. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm...
1: They're going to be in the movie. They may not be in like a large chunk of the movie, but I would not be surprised
0: if they're in the movie. I love that this whole time Andrew Garfield has been like, "Stop harassing me! I'm not in the movie. Leave me alone." Whereas Tobey Maguire is just walking around New York City with Spider-Man props. <laughs> He's that's he a fucking poster. Like he doesn't give a fuck.
1: <laughs> He's like, oh, "Hell yeah, in the
0: movie!" Well, yeah, because let's be honest. When's the last time we've seen Toby Maguire in something? Fair enough. Yeah, he he needs the he needs the uh spotlight a little bit. But he's been telling random fans like, "Yeah, I'm in it." <laughs> Just he's not saying it on camera. That's the problem. Andrew Garfield's doing like talk show circuits promoting movies like, you know, The Eyes of Tammy Faye and Tick Tick Boom, and of course everyone's like, "So you in Spider-Man?" And he has to keep saying like, "No," because Marvel will make him disappear if he says anything else. <laughs> <laughs> it's just—it's crazy. I love the the juxtaposition there. Andrew keeps being harassed. Toby won't shut up.
1: <laughs> no one's asking Toby. But he's like, "You guys want to know if I'm a Spider-Man?" Not really. I'm a Spider-Man. <laughs> I care. You know what? I care. I my favorite because of my childhood is still Toby McGuire. So I care, Toby. I'm I guess. with
0: you, man. I've got a special place in my heart for those first two movies. Three. Isn't great, but I got to admit, over the years, I've I've warmed up a little bit.
1: It's better than to me. It's better than I will. Okay, I'll sit through it before I sit through Amazing Spider-Man two.
0: Yep, I'm with you there. The very least you've got, you know, you got characters we you know we loved. We've got J.K. Simmons doing another great Jameson. You've got yeah, Venom was was fucked, but you got Sandman who's great. Mm -hmm. The Franco storyline is not done great but i i don't i don't hate it it's okay uh, yeah but we'll have plenty of time you know december is going to be big spider-man month for a lot of our shows so i'm i'm excited to just kind of get swept up in the hype
1: <sighs> oh yeah i like i said i'm keeping my my expectations check because like at the end of the day, i'm excited it's a it's the next mcu spider-man movie i really enjoyed the last two yes. um so I'm excited. I just I'm really trying to get swept up in all the, the hype because it's just insane. And I, I don't want to get all this hype and then walk away just pointed and mad at something that it isn't when I want accept it accepted for what it is.
0: Well, also, you know, at the end of the day, you really just got to keep reminding yourself that it's just a movie, that it's got no real impact on the trajectory of your life. It's just a Spider-Man movie that comes out in December and you either love it or you hate it and you move on.
1: Yeah, and best part is it comes out the day after my birthday. So, birthday weekend for me. Know what I'm saying?
0: I think I got Scream as my birthday movie, which is pretty sweet.
1: Nice. I think I get Aquaman 2 next year. Nice. Yeah,
0: I think it's like literally D-Day. And I was like, (laughs) oh, nice. Cool. Uh, It's always cool when you get a birthday. I remember back in like you know, elementary school, I'd have birthday parties at the movies and I'd always hope something really good came out. But I was born in January, so the odds of that happening were low. Which <laughs> <laughs> these days, you know, doesn't fucking matter.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say like, I got kind am if it helps with December, it's 50-50, like every so often I get like someone, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I do want to see that. That's a good birthday excuse movie. And then every, every so often I'm like, nope, I'm good. I don't need to see that.
0: Right, you, you're you surrounded by Oscar bait. So yeah. hopefully you get a blockbuster or two to, to enjoy. <laughs> oh, good times. So that's all the trailers. Um, I got two more bits of news. This was interesting. Mel Gibson is going to be stepping into the late Richard Donner's shoes to direct Lethal Weapon 5. Uh, Gibson will also star alongside Danny Glover. I know a lot of people have their issues with Mel Gibson. He's a complete anti-Semite piece of shit. I agree, but also... I really like Lethal Weapon, so I'm gonna go ahead and see. This is good news.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I know it's like we've talked about before, like separating the art from the artists. and and I I do I actually I want to think of where people come from. I really do like the things he said to like the cop and the tape and like a lot of his views I get put out to public, like.
0: Yeah. I, would I would never dream of calling anybody sugar tits, let alone a cop.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I would 100% understand people's stance on this, because there's the same outcry when it was announced that he got the lead part for that Continental show. Oh, yeah. John Wick spinoff. So yeah. I get it, but same token, like Lethal Weapon 5, the way it's just shaping, it's going to happen. Even if you don't want it, it's going to fucking happen. Someone's going to make this goddamn movie.
0: And, and again, like, just don't see it if you don't like Mel Gibson, that's fine, just don't see the movie. But yeah, no, that no, doesn't no mean much. you have to take it away from everybody else,
1: yeah. Like, because look at the end, of the day, it's going to happen. And look, who better to direct the Legion of a movie since Donner's death if it isn't either Mel Gibson or Danny Glover? Glover, I don't think, has ever directed in his life, probably has no interest in it. Gibson has, he's an Academy Award-winning director, for Christ's sakes. Yep So Like just Yeah
0: If anyone's gonna do it Let him do it Makes sense to me I And I'm I think it's You know he's I think he's doing it You know for Richard Donner They were prepping this together When Richard Donner died And I'm I'm glad they're gonna go forward with it Kind of you know In memory of One of Cinema's most underappreciated Filmmakers of all time So I'm I'm gonna be there I'm gonna see this I'm I'm excited
1: Yeah, I'll I'll check it out, especially if it's like supposed to be the last one like they've been talking about it being.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Hell yeah. I wonder if Joe Pesci's going to come out of retirement again. Probably not.
1: (laughs) I mean, he did it for the Irishman.
0: That's Scorsese, you know, and De Niro and Pacino like that was a big deal. Lethal Weapon 5, I feel like, you know, he doesn't give a fuck.
1: (laughs) But we'll see. Maybe not.
0: Um oh my mistake I have three more bits of news. Paramount Plus is developing another Reno 911 movie titled Reno 911: The Hunt for QAnon which sees the Reno Sheriff's Department going after the non-existent leader behind the wackadoodle doodle QAnon conspiracies. Uh premieres December 23rd and I'm so glad that people are like that studios are keeping this alive and I I think this will be ridiculous but worth it.
1: Yeah, I josh showed me because he was freaking out and then that's when i texted you because i was like oh my god they're doing a new reno movie like yes yes i look man reno 91 was one of the funniest fucking shows on tv and to see it still going and getting a movie and for it to be so timely with the QAnon thing it's just to me it's just it's going to be I, there's so much fruit there for a joke with on, what we've gone through that it's like how can you not make a fucking great comedy out of this? It's like with <laughs> South Park specials recently. They've just been so fucking funny with them attacking the pandemic. Uh, they're getting ready. To, they're actually coming out next week with the post-pandemic special. So I like yeah I, I'm loving these jokes. Keep it coming. And QAnon of all the fucking things I've I've heard um through various means. I'm not gonna get into it here on the recording but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Definitely a group that needs to be made fun of as far as as I'm concerned.
0: Those people are batshit crazy and nothing anybody says will convince me otherwise. Did you hear about all the people who showed up in Dallas expecting JFK junior to rise from the grave? (laughs) What the fuck, man? (laughs) These are real people. They vote. They have kids. Like (laughs) these are, these people exist. It's insane. Oh like hundreds of people were like just waiting for JFK Jr. to show up and be like, "Yep, I'm running for president." Like, what, what the fuck? Oh, it's, it's, so these guys are ripe for a for a parody. Yes,
1: yes, they are. No, wait, I thought South Park. Well, actually, who knows? Maybe the post pandemic special will tackle that. Um, and they did kind of tackle it with the last two specials but I, I can't wait to see them and Reno 911 just fucking have the way with them for like of oh. officer Dangle is on the case. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they need, Oh God. Um, last bit of news. Uh, I thought this was fucking crazy. Finally, epic character actor Delroy Lindo has joined the cast of Marvel's new blade film. Uh, joining Mahershala Ali. Lindo's character is being kept under wraps. The film's release will likely be in 2023, maybe later. But Delroy Lindo, is um, they think, is playing the original character from the comics that Whistler was based on. I didn't know this, but the original Whistler was black, and the 98 movie turned him white and made him Chris Christopherson. Really? (laughs) Yeah, the character's not named Abraham Whistler. I don't remember what the original character's name is. Um, but it wasn't Abraham Whistler, so they're going back to the character's roots in a big way. And uh, I hope it is Delroy Lindo who's playing Blade's like, you know, mentor. <laughs> I'm down for that.
1: Look, as long as I just get a cameo by uh, Wesley Snipes, I'm all in.
0: There's no way they won't. They, I mean, Snipes has already voiced his approval of Mahershala He's given him like, you know, way to go, uh, good luck. So there's no bad blood there. So I'm betting he is going to have a cameo of some sort.
1: He has to. Like I said, he's, he's been actively trying to fix a lot of what he himself broke. And the fact that he's man enough to like admit that and be like, I need to fix some shit yeah. like, is good. And I, I really feel like him at least doing a cameo is a step in that direction. Like showing like, well, no, I'm, I'm fixing it. And I thought Dolomize, my name was one of those steps he took to do because I really liked him in that.
0: But Well, dude, I mean, with all this multiverse shit, who's to say he isn't just playing Blade again?
1: Oh, I didn't think about that with the multiverse. What well, if he does pop up, it was like... Yeah,
0: like multi-universal blade, and he's just like, you know what? You got this in this universe. Good luck, kid, or something like that. Like, I would lose my shit. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Oh, boy, we can dream. I mean, as Feige's kind of proving with this new Spider-Man and, like, Loki and all this crazy shit, anything's on the table. <laughs> That's and that's exciting. There's nothing too crazy for Marvel right now.
1: <laughs> what a time to be alive for a comic book fan. I
0: know, right? I'm every day I'm like, "Yes!" <laughs> my like my well, dad, you know, huge comic book guy, he grew up in like the 80s and 90s when you like got a superhero movie every like 5 years and usually it sucked. <laughs> so, yeah, it's I can't imagine. Great.
1: Yeah, it, oh,
0: I like I say yes.
1: I'm like, well, with the MCU stuff, it's usually yes, but you know what? I'll, I'll go on for once. Go to bat for DC. Their fandom this past this past October put a lot of hope in me for their future Slater movies. I really yeah. it looks like they
0: finally are figuring their shit out. Well, I've got hope for the first time. Like the Suicide Squad was great. The Batman looks awesome. Black Adam looks awesome. Aquaman looks awesome. Shazam 2 looks awesome. Like I am in. Like this is, this looks cool. I'm excited. You don't want to say anything about the flash. What else remember. Oh the, yeah. forgot about the flash. That looks awesome. Like there's so much to look forward to on the DC slate that they actually look like they're trying with every project this time. Uh, so I say, bring it, you know, I've always walked in both worlds. I've been a Marvel fan and a DC fan my whole life. I, I think it's stupid to just pigeonhole yourself and be like, you know, no Batman, ah, Iron Man only, like just enjoy everything. It's nice.
1: Yeah, I've been, look. I'm on board for both. I've always wanted DC to actually give me good, the good movies I know they can do. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it looks, like, it looks like they finally figured their shit out. I mean, I was reading up their plan, you know, that obviously, like, the way the guy who's in charge of it right now, so he goes, you know, surefire bets, like, what, like essentially, Sazam 2, Aquaman 2, the Batman, like, those will get the big theatrical window, and they'll really put, you know, big stuff on that, things that they feel that they can get that, the actual experience from and then they said the riskier stuff the most small scale riskier stuff will be designed as HBO Max exclusives so they're not putting any less love in it. they're saying like look this is riskier we want to do good we don't know if we'll necessarily make that kind of money so let's at least put on HBO Max and it's still getting put out there to people
0: I like that I like that game plan I mean we're seeing you know we're getting the Peacemaker show next year that looks hysterical yeah
1: Uh, that goes apparently (laughs) happening
0: yeah batgirl's actually happening uh brandon fraser got the villain role we talked about that a few weeks ago yep. that's that's uh, awesome static shock i think is
1: moving forward on there so
0: I heard about that yeah uh yeah that's like, cool
1: like their <laughs> game plan they got going on right now i think is actually pretty solid and what they want i think it's like so i think they finally figured out what they want to do and they're moving forward with it and now she's just playing of like hopefully so I got scared when Suicide Squad didn't do so hot. And I thought, oh shit, they're gonna get scared and change it. The fandom to me said no. We understand there was some it, not necessarily the movie, but there were circumstances beyond control with Suicide Squad's box office. But the fact of matters, a lot of you people who watched it liked it, the critics liked it. So we're not scared, we're not gonna turn tail and run, we're gonna stick to our plan and give you what you want. And that's what I got from the fandom. And I can't fucking, I actually cannot wait to see what DC has up their sleeve next year. now.
0: Yeah. It's nice to have, you know, to expect good shit from both companies for once. I don't know if we've ever been in that position. <laughs> I don't remember ever getting to, you know, looking forward to both. I remember always looking forward to Marvel and then being pretty hesitant on the DC side. But this time I'm like, you know, bring it all. Like, this is going to be great. Yeah, like I said, the, like, for me
1: personally, the only one I'm iffy on is the Flash, but that's because I know I, I said it before. I'm not a big Ezra Miller fan. His intro to that trailer was like really terrible. Yeah, but, I don't know like, fuck that was. Yeah, I was like, but with that said, I mean, you got fucking Michael Keaton come back. You got Ben Affleck. You all go to bat for as Batman. I, I actually thought he was pretty good. You just <laughs> go to bat. Go to bat. <laughs> I just again, kind of like Cameron Cavill, I think he got handed a shit script. So yeah. Um. I those two got me more excited than Ezra fucking Miller, and who knows? Maybe because I'm so lowered on my expectations with him that I walk away impressed.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm just psyched to see Michael Keaton in the ca- cape and cowl again. That's he's always been my favorite live action Batman, and this is just so magical that <laughs> he's coming back. Uh, I read some, something cool about the Batman earlier today. Apparently, there's speculation that uh, Barry Keegan's character. May secretly be set up to be the Joker in future installments. Mm. Maybe, okay. It's weird to cast somebody as Barry, like Barry Keegan, who's a pretty solid up-and-comer, as like you know, GCPD Detective Number Four. So we'll see. I don't know. I just know that that movie is my most anticipated of 2022, and it every the more I see about it, the more I get super excited uh so yeah as i've kept saying this episode bring it on yeah bring it all on <laughs> So that is all that happened last week in film uh before we get into ghostbusters i wanted to say a little bit about tick tick boom which i was able to watch uh on netflix uh solid I musical
1: hmm? so i actively chose not to watch it so go
0: ahead i know you don't you don't like musicals. it's okay uh, it's it's a very enjoyable film the uh, it's based off of uh, Jonathan Larson's one at like one man or like three men uh, musical where he voiced his frustrations about his first play uh, Superbia not taking off so reminded me a lot of adaptation uh, Jonathan Larson if you don't know is the playwright who wrote Rent and uh, tragically died on Rent's opening night of an aneurysm. He never got to see Rent be a success, which is very sad. He was only 35 years old. And uh, yeah, just hit him out of the blue. And Andrew Garfield does a phenomenal job playing Larson, uh, you know, playing the whole starving artist thing, but just endearing enough so you don't hate him. Because he does alienate his friends and family for the sake of his art. But the whole time you kind of get it like this is, you know, he's cared about this his whole life. You understand why he's doing this. And he's not a bad person by any stretch of the imagination. He's just dedicated. And uh, the music's enjoyable. The supporting cast is great. Uh, It's Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut. And he was a, uh, he, he, uh, Jonathan Larson was a big influence on his work. Uh, Larson's pretty much like idolized in theater community. Rent was, you know, Rent changed the, the scope of Broadway musicals and what you could do with it. Uh, so I'm glad he got his story told. I hope people watch this. I think this is going to make a splash at the Oscars. And uh, who knows, maybe Garfield will walk away with a statue for this. He, he, he would earned it. Like, it was good. Uh, eight out of ten.
1: I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah. I'll wait to see on Andrew Garfield pop up in Spider-Man, even <laughs> though he claims he's not.
0: That's all anybody's been saying about his, like his tick, tick, boom, press tour has been like, yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. So are you in, uh, in Spider-Man? And he'll be like, Oh, I'm more than Spider-Man. I'm doing other stuff. Like he's starting to get like, please (laughs) give me a chance.
1: Andrew, (laughs) it won't go away until the movie comes out.
0: (laughs) If he is in it, I want him to go on a press tour again and be like, gotcha, bitch. You know, just the whole time. (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) Him and Toby and Tom together just being like, yeah, we got you. Even though everyone's like, no, you didn't. We knew the whole time. We knew. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, King Richards on HBO Max. If you don't want to go see the movies, I've heard great things. I do plan to watch that this week sometime. So, I'll talk more about that next week. Uh, and then Come On, Come On is just incredibly hard to find because it's super indie film. And Black Friday, I believe, is getting a VOD release next week, which will be easier to access. So there you go. But the big one this week was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, It's the culmination of decades of attempts to get Ghostbusters 3 off the ground. The original idea way back in the 90s saw the Ghostbusters going into hell itself to fight the devil, uh, who I believe was named like, lou siffer or something like that like something kind of lou cheeky Siffer, yeah it was like the devil his name's lou first name lou last name siffer which is cute but you know i think he was like supposed to be a guy in a suit who's like you no know, hey i'm the devil let's party i don't know uh ramus and murray couldn't agree on a script so the thing got shelved indefinitely And it looked like this was never going to happen. Bill Murray, especially, was notorious for he kept shredding the fucking script and sending it back to Dan Aykroyd and being like, this is shit. Give me something better, which is a pretty shitty thing to do to your friend. But, you know, Bill Murray's an enigma. (laughs) He really
1: look, man. We all love Bill Murray, but he is
0: he's an enigma. Yeah, which is the Hollywood way of saying prick. (laughs) But you know what? Let him. You know he's he's in his like seventies now. He's he's in his Wes Anderson phase. Let him do whatever he wants. Who cares? Um, so, <laughs> Ghostbusters three was dead until 2016 when Paul Feig and the Gal team uh, dropped the ball, and everyone hated it. So the Ghostbusters were like mm, maybe, and then Harold Ramis's death was the clincher. That's when they were like, you know what? We need to do something about this. And Bill Murray was finally like, you know what? I didn't get to properly say goodbye to my friend and I regret that. So let's do Ghostbusters 3. And uh, here we are. Spurn the return of the original lineup and the movie fucking rocked. Personally, as a longtime Ghostbusters fan, pretty much my entire life, this was everything I wanted and more. I love this movie. It,
1: yeah, it, it took us so long. To get this damn movie, because like you said, uh, you know, first Bill Murray was kind of like the big one, main role. Uh, hesitant on what he wanted to do.
0: He, you know, there's a famous story where he sent the script back shredded. He just you know? he doesn't like sequels. The man he didn't want to do Ghostbusters two. He like, so I didn't. I, I think he just doesn't like revisiting st- characters or something. I don't know. But yeah. this one. You know, Dan Aykroyd especially has been just holding out hope for God knows how long for Ghostbusters 3. This is his baby. He's been wanting to do this for decades. And, you know, I personally, I love Ghostbusters too. I know a lot of people have a beef with it. I have no beef. I'm Team Vigo all the way. But I get why people wanted more. I've always wanted more. Never felt like I was going to get it. And, uh, it, yeah, I'm sad that it took a horrific remake and the death of Harold Ramis to finally have this movie happen, but we, we, you know, we did get it. So
1: this is, yeah, you know, it may have taken a while, but, uh, we got it. And that's, what's important. Like, I think I, I read that him and uh, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis got along, right? Uh, Like they made up by before he passed. I mean, still like, even if you, even if you finally made up, right. And you got along, like that has to sit on you. So you know, knowing that he more likely did this in honor of Lord Ramos really, to me, says a
0: lot. Well, you know, I mean, you can't make up 20 plus years of animosity over like a weekend with some beers and they needed more time and they just never got it. And I don't think that's ever going to sit right with Bill Murray.
1: Yeah, no, it's I don't think it will. And we'll get to it more, but there's definitely like a scene towards the enemy where I felt like it was very genuine emotion coming from him. Oh, yeah. And really from the whole cast, like, because you, you know that, you know, at the end of these guys were friends. And Bo Murray, not just Bo Murray and but, you know, Dan Ackroyd, Ernie Hudson, like, this was this was a big move for them. This is an, like I said, iconic film for them. So to see them able to, you know, do this and see them in, in it again, even if it's for a little bit, is just awesome. And I'm sure very emotional for them. It was definitely emotional for me watching it, but I can't imagine for them.
0: Oh man. Towards the end, I was like, I, I kind of figured it, something like that was going to happen, but seeing it was an entirely different experience. And it really did. It brought tears to my eyes. Just, it was so, it was done so genuinely and with real love that it never felt exploitative at, at all. And uh, yeah, well done. God, I, after seeing the, the scores for this, I'm like, damn, is it really worth it? And then I'm, I'm go, I went in, I'm like, yeah, 100%, this is worth it. I don't understand, like, what is wrong with nostalgia? What's wrong with giving people a taste of something they loved? What's wrong with that? I mean, I saw a, a list on uh, this website. It was five things wrong with Ghostbusters Afterlife. And one of them was the film relies too much on nostalgia and the old movie, and doesn't provide enough new stuff. And another complaint was there's not enough screen time for the old cast. So, like, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> we are literally complaining about one thing, but then complaining about the other. Yeah, you're what's wrong with this whole thing. <laughs> like, you are the issue. <laughs> yeah, like on this, you know, on all of our shows, we try to at least make fucking sense. <laughs> I mean, that that's stupid. <laughs> so that that really got under my skin, but. I per- I had no problem with you know the music cues and seeing stuff from the old movie and the new t- the old team coming back in the last second like all of that was exciting to me it was ghost it felt like ghostbusters again and that is that's at the very least that's what I wanted I wanted a- I wanted ghostbusters 3 I didn't want another reboot I wanted a continuation and this is it this is a good kind of cap off like I don't think we need more I'd love more but I don't think we need more like, this felt like a good finale for the franchise, and yeah, yeah. I mean, what more do you want?
1: It felt like a good finale, but also if they were to like go forward, they could. Like it felt like a to me, really in a way that like if this was it and this is all we get for the rest of time, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. But if they yeah. were to continue it, I'm also okay with it because of how much. Joy again seeing the cast, the old cast back, but also how much, and I'll get into it more as we talk about the cast, how much I generally liked the new cast.
0: Yeah, that was a big part of it. Uh, I'd love to see, yeah, if they continue with this new cast, I'd love to see just like a small town in the Midwest dealing with a ghost problem. And, you know, I mean, what if this is just hypothetical, but like, what if, you know, a first draft of the Vigo painting found its way into like a museum in, in town? And Vigo tries to make a reawakening. I'd be, I'd be on board to see that. Oh yeah. I, I, to, I love that.
1: Just like how we got Gozer and this one is for the sequel, just Vigo this time. Yeah. <laughs> just redo the villains. They're, I, I think they're iconic enough to warrant that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it worked here. At first, I was yeah. like, they're really, I, did, I did not think any like second
0: about it being Gozer. And I was like, oh, cool, Gozer's back. Yeah, if anything, like the the hints, I was like, "Oh shit, they're bringing Gozer back!" Like I got excited. (laughs) I'm like, "Oh shit!" And then just seeing, like, we'll get into it, but like the brief J.K. Simmons cameo as Evo Shandor could not have been done better. That was so great.
1: Yeah, I was that. I thought that was him. I was like, "Is that J.K. Simmons?" Yeah,
0: it was just for a fleeting second, and then Gozer rips him in half. (laughs) But I was like, "Is J.K. Simmons? He must be a hardcore Ghostbusters fan to have done this." (laughs) Oh, he had to be he was probably like i got this (laughs) like i will do this for free just please let me let me be in the movie (laughs) oh yeah we got yeah there's a lot to unpack with this movie this was so good uh so let's get into the cast and crew oscar nominee jason reitman son of the first two films director ivan reitman directs and co-writes this new film he was nominated for best director for juno and up in the air the latter of which he was also nominated for Best Screenplay and Best Picture. He also directed The Front Runner, Young Adult, and Thank You for Smoking. Uh, Great filmmaker. I watched uh, Up in the Air and Juno pretty recently. He's just a very talented guy. Uh, Have you ever seen The Front Runner? No. It did not make a splash. It's from 2018. It's the story of the greatest president America never had. It's uh, in the 80s, I believe. uh, Gary Hart, he was a Democratic candidate who had a good head on his shoulders. He seemed like a good leader. He generally wanted to help this country. He was in, like, he was in the lead. He was going to win. And then he got caught cheating on his wife and it fucked his entire campaign. And he, Mm -hmm. it never went anywhere. But the movies about him, uh, Hugh Jackman plays Gary Hart. And it's it's crazy to see like, this guy would have been such a great leader, but he couldn't keep it in his pants. And it just completely destroyed, like, the future of the country. <laughs> it's it's wild. Uh, def- if you can find it, uh, definitely check it out. It's a really good movie. Okay.
1: Uh,
0: but, yeah, Jason Reitman could not have been a better choice for this. You know, obviously, growing up with Ghostbusters, you know, his dad, him being the kid in Ghostbusters 2, he tells them they're full of crap. I love that. <laughs> you know that
1: the when he says they're full of crap
0: yeah and, and two that's that's jason Raymond. that was jason raymond yeah i didn't know that wow At the
1: birthday party <laughs> yeah I've seen that how many
0: times i've never done that wow okay <laughs> yeah pretty cool uh so in this film we see the return of dan Aykroyd, bill murray ernie hudson annie potts sigourney weaver and the ghost of harold ramus so we talked about all of them in our um, film guys episode on ghostbusters last week. So let's talk about the newcomers. McKenna grace plays Phoebe Egon's granddaughter who loves science. She was in I, Tonya, gifted Annabelle comes home and malignant. So she's had a pretty good couple years. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. And she's fantastic. She did such a great job as Egon's granddaughter. Like, I, I believed every second of it. She was a great protagonist to root for. Well done.
1: Yeah, I was actually, you know, this 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 part could have gone one of two ways. Either just really too on the nose, and like a little just too much, or just, you know, that's one way it could have gone. Instead, it went the other way for me, which was like I was generally impressed with how spot on she was, and it was like to point out that she was like one of my favorite, probably my favorite character in the movie. Like she is awesome. Like I was dying laughing at all the the jokes she was trying to make. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when she like used them to distract Gozer, I was laughing my ass off. Gozer just looking at her like, "What is going on right now?" <laughs> <laughs> like when she <laughs> said the one to Paul Rudd and she
1: winked. Did you just make a joke? Well, yeah, that's why I winked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one of my I I just want to mention it here because I'm thinking about it. One of my favorite running gags was Paul Rudd putting on hardcore horror movies for the summer school kids (laughs) i thought that was hilarious and nobody really (laughs) reacting to it (laughs) everybody's kind of like bored out of their mind watching cujo and child's play
1: (laughs) you don't want to watch cujo and child's play
0: (laughs) that's what you're watching (laughs) um finn wolfhard plays trevor egon's 15 year old grandson uh, he plays Mark Wheeler on Netflix's Stranger Things. And he also played young Richie in It. And this kid has grown up fucking fast. Uh, mm-hmm. So <laughs> only been like, what, four years since It? And now he's like, I thought this kid was like, you know, 17, 18 years old. I didn't realize it was the same kid. <laughs> it, dude, it's uh,
1: it's amazing. I remember when I I've, I've seen Stranger Things. I know you're not. You're actively trying to be a hipster against it. It's cool. I just again. don't
0: care. I have too much I have better things to do than watch really, a Netflix series rehash my favorite my favorite 80s movies. You really
1: don't. It's not rehashing, but whatever. Um moving on.
0: I won't accept how you feel about Stranger Things in any way, shape, or form. Uh, well to quote grandpa in holes, that's too damn bad. Stranger <laughs> oh. Things beats holes. Now
1: Moving on. Well, move uh, on then. Let's go. <laughs> and bye. No, uh, so since I've seen him, it's, it, yeah, I've been amazed at that. Like, uh, I look, I know child actors, obviously, they grow up. They become adults, obviously. Really? really? I didn't know that. And we all like have our growth spurts where we just fucking shoot up. But Jesus Christ, it's like he gets taller in every goddamn movie I'm watching because I saw him in Strange Things and then I watched him in it and now this I'm like, what is it? What is he drinking? He's growing up like fucking quick.
0: But drinking that ecto cooler, apparently. But
1: I liked him in this. I would say he's probably the weakest link in the.
0: Well, I, I think his kids, character, like his character, doesn't quite make a lot of sense. He goes from like kind of mean to his mom to like willing to save the world really quickly. There's not really a lot of development there. <laughs> But he is a teenager. You know, teenagers flip on a dime like that. So I did, it didn't really bother me that much.
1: Yeah. But well, I mean, like I said, I still ultimately liked him. Um, yeah. I just think, like, compared to the the other three kid actors we got, I would say he's probably my least favorite.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Carrie Coon plays Callie, Phoebe, and Trevor's mom. Uh, she played one of Thanos' children, Proxima Midnight, in Avengers Infinity War. Was also in Gone Girl, The Post, Widows, and Season 3 of Fargo. And she's great in this. Uh, you can tell how much she doesn't give a fuck. I love it. She's so burned out by her life that she just does not care. <laughs> and yeah, I love I the moment where she finds like Egon's wall of photos and she finally like realizes how much he loved her. That, that got to me.
1: Yeah, it, it's a really nice moment because yeah, she spends the whole movie just not giving a shit. And you're like, <clears throat> all right. And But then when she has that moment and she sees it and it's like a really sweet moment for her and Egon, it's like, oh, uh, okay. He, he did love her. He just, he legit was worrying about the potential in the Lord.
0: One thing that bothered me a bit is how the other Ghostbusters just straight up didn't believe Egon after they averted two apocalypses <laughs> in New York. But this one is crazy.
1: <laughs> right? They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa you want let's calm down egon
0: (laughs) we work in new york city egon oklahoma is out of our jurisdiction (laughs) like that's that seems like that was most of the of the discussion look there are 49 states can go fuck themselves egon not new york state like manhattan only (laughs) that's that's where they operate (laughs) all the boroughs can go fuck themselves (laughs) like this is this is it I don't know. Just it, was, it seemed like an odd choice. I guess they just needed to come up with a reason why Egon would leave the Ghostbusters. Uh, I love that Gozer was just like, all right, let's try this again <laughs> in, in Oklahoma. How many sites around the world are prepared for Gozer's return? Like, how many different shrines are there?
1: I don't know. I feel like Gozer probably had, like, a plan for man. He's like, all right, this is too built up. This is not work the first time. Let's try this <laughs> folk town in the middle of nowhere no one's going to notice
0: there are no proton packs in oklahoma probably so we'll we'll be we'll pull this one off and then egon shows up and they're like fuck <laughs> i love that they could literally trap gozer in the fucking ghost traps how powerful are those things that they can capture gods <laughs> hey. that's awesome that was overlooked in the I first movie
1: i think i think egon supercharged the fucking proton packs
0: he must, he must have. I mean, oh, another thing. I know we're kind of jumping the gun here, but fuck it. Uh, where was the destructor form? How come that didn't come up in this one? That's a good question. I don't yeah. have the answer. I was waiting for. I know. I, I know. I doubt they were going to end it with another giant Stay of Marshmallow Man. Then it would have been like pretty much like a remake. But I would have been down with that nonetheless. I would like a CGI modern. Stay puff destroying this town. I, I, I would have liked it too. <laughs> I know we keep sucking this movie's dick, but I don't care. <laughs> uh Well, let's move on to Paul Rudd. We've got Paul Rudd is Gary Gruberson, which everyone keeps mocking his name because that's a ridiculous name. He's the local science teacher. Um, if you don't know who Paul Rudd is, like, I don't know why you're listening to a movie podcast, because you clearly aren't following Hollywood. Um,
1: Or or the fact that he's now the sexiest man or whatever that fucking award he got was.
0: Yeah, I saw that. And I was in a grocery store earlier today and I saw Paul Rudd's Sexiest Man Alive. I saw another picture. He's 52. I saw a comparison of Wilford Brimley at 52. And like, I love that right there is perfect evidence that nobody ages the same way. <laughs> is 52 mm. Paul Rudd versus 52 diabetes? Very different.
1: <laughs> Rest right. in peace, Wolf People told me that he's like 52. I'm like, no, he's not.
0: He has looked like that since the 90s. <laughs> I don't understand. Certain it's, actors just like, I don't know what vampire blood they have in their family tree, but they just don't age.
1: It is. I don't yeah, I was like, "Who? What's going on in your family tree? I must know."
0: <laughs> what demon deal did your grandparents make to like for eternal youth or some shit? Um, uh, so Rudd is a comedy a lister. He plays Scott Lang, aka Ant Man, in the MCU. Who's also in I Love You Man, Wet Hot American Summer, Anchorman, and Knocked Up, among others. He's fucking hilarious. Super nice guy, from what I hear, and he fit in perfectly in this movie
1: yeah i know there's like some people complaining with the wait sorry i'm thinking about paul rudd
0: i just keep thinking about every time i think of paul rudd i think of all the times he's gone to conan o'brien with that fucking mac and me clip
1: (laughs) the last time i saw that it was when he was on he first got cast for ant-man and Conan's like, all right, I know for a fact you can't show me this clip because you're with Marvel now and they have an airtight control on what they show. He's like, Yeah, you're right, I can't do it. And he started <laughs> actually playing the Ant-Man clip, and then it turned to Mac and me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that every time Conan's like, maybe not this time, every time. <laughs> it's it's so fucking funny. And he's never st- he's still doing it. I don't know. I, I know Conan's talk show ended, but I really wish it hadn't, so he could have. Gone on to promote Ghostbusters and done it again.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that would have been great.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> um, Logan Kim plays podcast, a nerdy kid with a podcast. A little too on the nose, but you know, I liked it for obvious reasons.
1: I was gonna say, like, at first I was scared because I, I knew about his name before, seen mm-hmm. the movie. Um, so I was like, oh, God damn it. But then, like when he introduced himself and like how this kid is, I was like, okay, I'm kind of cool with this because yeah. it fits his character. Like it it works. This
0: is a case where it, it actually works. Honestly, it made me think, like, why don't I have a travel mic? Why aren't I just going around to places and just doing this show mobile? <laughs> like, why, why aren't I doing that? That's brilliant. <laughs> uh, this is his first movie. He he's never done anything else. This is his debut. Damn, what a
1: hell of a debut, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, way to you win the audition,
1: kid. Good job. Yeah, because honestly, he was cracking me up. Him and uh, McKenna Grace were fucking great together. I was dying half the time.
0: Yeah, I love that they, use, you know, it was risky making the new Ghostbusters kids, but it worked because they cast such great kids.
1: Yeah, I'm, and also because, again, think about it ghostbusters is essentially a family movie like i know i get it there's some stuff in that movie because it's the 80s that you probably have to have a discussion or just act like you didn't see when your kid's watching but yeah um at the end of the day, it's a family movie so why wouldn't it, like it just yeah it makes absolute sense to me that if you do it right having kids next like to ghostbusters would work
0: yeah straight up uh finally celeste o'connor plays lucky the sheriff's daughter who trevor has a thing for didn't expect her to end up being one of the ghostbusters that was cool um
1: yeah i I thought at first she was going to be a love interest but i like what they
0: did yeah she was in freaky uh cela and the spades and irreplaceable you and uh yeah she worked they were just the second they all put on the uniforms i'm like oh shit we got a team (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uniforms that magically fit them, even though I don't think they were made for children. They were baggy. Like, you could tell they were, like, cinching them up. Like, it it, it was realistic, I thought. Yeah.
1: It was so cool okay. to see them. And especially once we get into it, seeing them with the original cast in the suits was honestly one, like, the biggest highlights in the movie for me.
0: I think it's funny that Egon brought four uniforms with him. <laughs> <laughs> Egon would do that. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Uh Ghostbusters Afterlife has an IMDB score of 7.8, Rotten Tomatoes score of 61%. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh it's only grossed about 16.5 million on a budget of 75 million. Also, pretty low budget movie for something like this. Uh well done. You don't see a lot of blockbusters under a hundred million dollar budget these days. Yeah,
1: especially if it's, you know, Christopher Nolan. Oh my god. I, I had to take my chance, my shot there.
0: <laughs> One of these days, like, I hope this, this show reaches him somehow and he just hears us and is like, has this like, you know, hello, silence, my old friend moment. is like, what have I become? <laughs> and just, like, I don't know. It won't happen. I mean,
1: but you think he'll go after me and try to ruin my life. I'll be like, do it, Nolan. Fucking do it.
0: <laughs> you, ever see, you ever see American Reunion?
1: Yeah, I have a long time ago.
0: Remember when that guy like threatens to sue like Oz for stealing his girl, and Stifler just punches him. And is like, sue me. I don't have dick. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> Reminded me of that. That would be me.
1: Sue me. I don't give a shit. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah,
1: so the kind of money you have, no one.
0: <laughs> Try it. If, if anything, all you're going to do is give this show like mucho publicity. And we all win, so... Yeah, I was
1: like, try, do you think try like a bad guy more than you already are, so...
0: Yeah, big Hollywood's gonna step on the little guy's podcast. Yeah, that, that's a great headline. <laughs> anyway, fuck what Christopher Nolan has become. Uh, so fans seem to love Ghostbusters Afterlife, but critics are giving it kind of mixed reviews, saying it relies too heavily on nostalgia, you know, what we were talking about. And I just think that those guys need to remove the stick from their ass and enjoy something for once, because... <laughs> There's no like this movie is just a love letter to Ghostbusters fans. It's Harold Ramis's epitaph. Like it's a movie that was made for people who love Ghostbusters, and I walked away incredibly pleased and just like it's one of my favorites of the year so far. So I, I got nothing but love here.
1: Oh yeah, nothing but love over here. I mean, what they accomplished with this film is awesome. Like it just, it's just it. But yeah, the way they were able to do something new that was actually like very enjoyable, and then still give you everything you know and love about this this franchise and these characters has been was just handled extremely well, and all has to do with the fact that the guy director, who was the father of the original, oh sorry, the son. I'm all mixed up. The son of the original director, like so, someone who clearly got what Ghostbusters means to
0: people. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. So let's talk some highlights. Uh, we've kind of been doing that already, but, you know, whatever. Um, what are some moments um, that just stuck out to you? Stuck out to me? Oh, Muncher. Muncher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. Uh, I love it in all three movies. They just catch one ghost. <laughs> we get Slimer, we get the Scaleri brothers, and we get Muncher. Remember, yeah,
1: they get one little ghost and then they get like the main one at the end. And that's it. It's one
0: ghost and an apocalypse <laughs> in every movie, which
1: There's is no cool in between.
0: No. Um, But yeah, that was cool. It was cool getting in the seat, like, you know, getting in the Ecto-1, driving it through Main Street, Phoebe, like just wielding a nuclear weapon. <laughs> blowing up this town, and the cops genuinely, you know, like, realistically being like, what the hell is wrong with you? You can't just sling nuclear fire through our town and expect to get away with it.
1: <laughs> I, which did lead to one of my favorite callbacks was when the cop was like, when she's like, I get one phone call. He's like, you're right. You do get one phone call. And I love the pause and the lead-up when he walks through and he's just, you gonna call. <laughs> I don't know. My theater, I had a decent amount of people at my theater had a moment of just like, ah,
0: I, I went to a four o'clock screening on uh, last Thursday and there were only about eight people. So I didn't get the whole, like, you know, theater, but I was definitely like, ah, I was, I was smiling.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was really good moments.
0: The theater I went to, uh, I went to draft house and they had an Ecto cooler on their specials menu. Ooh, nice. I didn't get it because it was expensive, but oh, it was yeah. cool.
1: Don't, don't tell Josh that he'll lose it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was cool. I loved, you know, she calls uh, Ray, who uh, gives the rundown of, you know. I love that they kept Ray's occult. a cult. Like, a lot of people were, like, thinking, is this movie going to cancel out Ghostbusters 2? And Jason Reitman adamantly said, no, 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 no. That movie's 100% canon. He took a lot from 2 to make sure people knew that but I guess you know he said people don't really know Ghostbusters 2 beyond Vigo the Carpathian and I'm like that's fair
1: yeah it it's funny because like I personally like Ghostbusters 2 quite a bit but even I'm like I remember the first one more than I do the second one but it's just because I've seen the first one so many more times admittedly
0: I get you know I, I, I like Ghostbusters 2 just Cause it's, I think it's a good movie, but one is one of the most iconic films of all time. And no one's going to argue that. Uh, so yeah, that was cool. Um, let's see. Uh, I really liked the, sh- the idea of the Shandor mining company bringing back, you know, Evo Shandor and actually getting to see him and having that connection to the first ghostbusters and, you know, the game, which I know isn't Canon, but still, uh, just was exciting and them finding out about Gozer and Zool and like explaining the whole Keymaster gatekeeper, like ritual. I just was like, this is, this is great. <laughs> it just kept like, this is so for the fans and all the music was, you know, keeping the music cues from the first movie was a great, t- great touch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And I, like I said, that I could have gone real bad bringing Gozer back. I feel like, like a lot of the things in this movie, it could have gone real bad. Had they done in a certain way, but because there's so much heart and because they they did a good job with the script and everything else, that when they do bring those up, it makes sense. Like it's like, oh, oh, okay, so this is okay. And again, it goes back to like the biggest thing to me is like how they were able to get Egon Harold Ramis into this movie, regardless of his passing, which to me was the biggest like victory I think they pulled off was. You, you know, Herod Ramirez may be gone from us in person, but his spirit wasn't was in this movie, both story-wise and figuratively. I'm you know, in this case, but, yeah. you know, you, you felt him in this movie very much.
0: My favorite moment hands down is when the Ghostbusters show up and they're all blasting, and then Egon shows up beside them. And Winston's looking at him like, What the fuck? Like he's got this look in his eyes, like, Are you seeing this? He looks absolutely terrified. And I thought that was so, that was just so funny, yeah, but it was also
1: just yeah. Go ahead. I was also talking about when they all look at him like what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it was it was cool, and you know, it. I love that what they're able what they're able to do with CGI these days that they can digitally recreate Harold Ramis, and it doesn't look cheesy or feel offensive. It's just a touching note in the film. That's that's impressive and really cool and I love when they apologize to him. And they get to say goodbye. Like, oh, how do you not tear up at that when he hugs his daughter? Jesus, man! Like, how do you has that not hurt? Has that not hit you? It's crazy.
1: Oh, it it it, it, it hit both me and Josh. I can't. Remember. I know Josh as soon as me and he's like, God damn it, that didn't got me. Yeah. It, it got me. It, it hits and it's. I think what they did right to make it hit was and Josh pointed this one out was a. Uh, they didn't have someone attempt to do his voice. Yep. Yep. Kept him silent. They just did a really good job in bringing his likeness back from the movie, so that you do get to see him, but you don't want to hear him talk. I think that, unda- that, just worked way better than having him speak and be, you know, say a lot of stuff and potentially take you out of the movie.
0: Yeah, I agree. Would it would have been it might have been a little weird. If somebody had tried to do a Harold Gray misimpression. because uh, honestly, what what can he possibly say that's going to you know balance out the just appearance of Egon's ghost? Like that's enough. Uh, I love you know, seeing Gozer again was was pretty sweet. Uh, I love when podcasts trapped one of the dogs. I love speaking of, <laughs> I think I brought this up in the Wednesday uh phone when we did Ghostbusters. If I didn't, I meant to. Why is it that Zool is so cool and calculated and like smart and the key master's a fucking dope? <laughs> like that dog is stupid, straight up. <laughs> I don't know. I,
1: I don't know. I do like, uh, I did laugh when they finally meet each other and they're supposed to be like saying like, demonic dog voices
0: <laughs> i like your eyes <laughs> that was funny <laughs> uh yeah it's uh the whole ritual was really cool i love how we get to see more ghostbusters tech like you know egon's giant trap f- farm and all that shit. that was really sweet the mini stay puffs were ridiculous but made perfect sense i thought that was great when start attacking podcasts, And he's just like, ah, <laughs> freaking out in the back of the car.
1: <laughs> Podcast, can you help? I'm dealing with my own problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, that was great. Um, yeah. And then getting to see, you know, the team, the old team and the new team work together to trap Gozer once and for all was awesome and just very satisfying. Uh also I thought it was really cool when they trapped one of the dogs and Gozers like half formed now, like skeletal and all fucked up. That was neat.
1: <laughs> that was yeah, that was cool. Shit. Um, I do remember when the team popped up for a while there after towards then as I could tell we were getting to the movie, I was like, when are the OGs gonna come back? I was like, I know for a fact they're in it. It's been highly reported, widely I should say, reported that they're gonna be in this fucking movie. Yeah. It's like so where are they? And then when I finally heard Bill Murray's voice and they showed all three, I was
0: like, yes, yeah. they are Hey, flat, hey, flat Tops! Like, it just, I knew that's when it was going to be right at the wire. I knew that. Like, it was going to be, you know, the old teams, or the new teams all, you know, they're losing. Gozer's going to win. And then who should show up but the OGs to make this, to <laughs> take it home. I knew it. I knew that was when it was going to happen. I
1: did like the joke also by the way. When it's found out that Dan Ray is the one subscriber
0: to podcasts, podcast <laughs> that was great. The show really found its voice in episode forty-six. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> I loved that. Um, I love the whole like that. Winston became a finance like mogul and hired like he said he started with one employee, and I like to think that one employee is Lewis Rick Moranis' character, the accountant.
1: I hope so so much.
0: Yeah. I was really hoping he was going to have a last minute appearance or something, but I get, you know, he's I get why. It's okay. Um Sigourney Weaver's appearance at the end was cute. I'm glad like her, her and Vankman are still together and she was quizzing him with the cards and zapping him. That was cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, I at first I was thing. I was like hmm? The credits where I was like, well, fuck, is Sigourney Reaver. Like, I know she's in this movie. And then, like, yeah, they pop up the tower, like, and Sigourney Reaver. And then the scene shows, and you see her, and I'm like, yes!
0: <laughs> you stayed for the second scene, right? Yes, I did. Good. Good man. Yeah. I love that Winston's been paying the rent on Raise a cult for years, because he has never turned a profit.
1: <laughs> uh, good friend. Yeah, I was like... There's no way that place is doing good, and yeah, he's just been paying for it.
0: Oh yeah, this was this was fantastic. I'm I'm looking forward to buying this. I want to watch this again. This is you know when I do a Ghostbusters rewatch, I'm gonna do all three of these films. It's it just feels like the you know the natural conclusion, and I'm so glad they were able to do this and they did it well. Way to go! Nine out of ten for me. Yeah.
1: It. It's, oh man it's hard on the score for me uh this was really 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 good and like like I've been saying they did such a good job uh, you know putting out the old and the new into this movie and I couldn't be happier with the finished product and how they handled Harold Ramus's character and you know his passing in real life so for me the uh Right now, it's a very high eight, but it's very close to a nine. This was a damn good movie.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Well done. Definitely go see it. It needs the money. Uh, It's worth the experience. Any Ghostbusters fan is going to love this. And I think any newcomers are going to be intrigued and want to go check out Ghostbusters. But honestly, I don't know how you've made it this far in your life as a film fan without watching Ghostbusters. (laughs) It's one of those films that I just assume everybody has seen, you know?
1: yeah yeah it's one of those you just assume people are like oh you've seen this yeah
0: there's like five or six movies where I don't even ask people I'm just like I just start talking about it because I assume you're a human being you have a TV you've seen it (laughs) you have a pulse you're alive (laughs) oh but some people surprise you man and it's like I want to tell them like stop talking to me go watch this then come back and we'll have a conversation (laughs) shut your mouth just shut up Go watch
1: this movie. I'll wait. I got nothing on my schedule.
0: (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, This was fun. If you like what we do, feel free to follow us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films or just give us some feedback, you can always hit us up on the socials or email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, you can click on support this podcast on your preferred podcast provider. We appreciate any donations, but of course, it is not necessary. We hope you just enjoyed the show. Next week, we get the Ridley Scott crime drama biopic House of Gucci, as well as Disney's Encanto and the video game movie Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. So next week's going to be a mixed bag. Uh, We're going to I think between the two of us, we're going to see all these films and uh, we'll also be doing some, you know, some countdown shit. Probably uh, going forward, the show is going to be very countdown heavy, a lot of cool, just random recastings and rankings and just fun shit like that. We have more fun doing that, and I have a feeling like y'all have more fun listening to it. So why don't we make everybody happy? (laughs) Give Uh, the people what they want. Yeah, give the people what they want. Uh, Don't miss the 1982 alien movie extro on Wednesday's Filmgasm. And Ridley Scott's Black Hawk Down on Oscar Sunday. Have a great week and keep watching movies.